This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Now, on Philadelphia's Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. A closer look. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Recovery Radio. My name is Steve Martoreno. We're here, and we're talking about, well, we're talking about a lot of things now. We talk about generally, in the overarching uh, scheme of things, what's referred to as behavioral health. That covers a lot of areas. Uh, And, of course, uh, substance abuse is never far from our attention here and the treatment for that as well. The whole thing sponsored by Retreat Behavioral Health. And uh, as we so often do, we reach out to them. They are a great resource. Not only do they pay the freight, but they provide us with uh, expert uh, people in various fields that cover the topics I just explained to you. We we thought, trying to be as timely as we can in this program, that uh, this being the tail end, the very tail end of a national event takes place uh, every year, the first month, the first week in May. Uh, we would take a look at, at nursing because it's National Nurses Day. It began uh, on the 6th. will end t- tomorrow, which is the birth date of Florence Nightingale. And I guess that's no coincidence. So in uh, in uh, commemoration of uh, National Nurses Day, we what what better resource to get than uh, uh, than a nurse, and not just a nurse, but one of my favorite nurses. <laughs> Melissa Callahan is a longtime contributor to the program. Melissa's been with us uh, many, many times. She is a CP, no, C, tell me again, C-R- CRNP. CRNP. She'll tell us what that stands for, mm-hmm. uh, as well as being the director of nursing for Retreat Behavioral Health. We welcome uh, nurse Melissa to the program. Hi, Melissa. Hi, thank you for having me. First of all, congratulations on National Nursing Week. I'm, I mean, it's a uh, something that probably is not as well known about than it should be, but we're here to kind of clear up uh, some of that. So let's – this is a fascinating topic because we said before you got on the air here that nobody's sort of wishy-washy about nurses. People have a strong opinion about nurses one way or another, and we know that there are some archetypes in the popular culture about nurses, and it runs the gamut from Nurse Ratchet. Yep. Uh, or Nurse Jackie, mm-hmm. uh, to Florence Nightingale, or this angel of mercy and compassion who saves people's lives. But there's nobody in the gray area. That Nurses bring up a lot of stuff for people. So we want to find out all about that psychological and uh, uh, emotional relationship that patients have with nurses. And, and we want to get into the weeds about what nursing is all about. So we're really grateful. We know you're very, very busy. So let, let's get to it. Tell us about you and you know what attracted you to the field and how long have you been doing it? Yeah, so um, I became a nurse. I went to Penn State for my undergrad and got my Bachelor of Science in Nursing in 1996. I quickly went back to uh, University of Pennsylvania to uh, pursue my master's in nursing. I wound up specializing in adult and geriatric care. I was fortunate enough during my um, rotations, or which are like residencies, I was exposed to behavioral health and I definitely took a liking to it pretty quickly. Um, So I've been practicing primary care for adult and geriatrics and specialty of behavioral health since 1999. Was there any point in in your education early on uh, when you you thought medicine, maybe becoming a physician? I did. I definitely did. So when I was young, my older brother was going to be the doctor and I was going to be the lawyer. I like to argue. I like to talk a lot. But I also always liked to take care of people and communicate with people. 
Um, very quickly when I started school, I went from communications, political science major, to nursing very early. Um, I don't know exactly how it happened. My brother went to the business world, and um, I wanted to be a nurse first. I wanted to come out. I wanted to help people. When I was young, I always wanted to help people. I wasn't scared when an accident happened or some, something happened around me. I wasn't necessarily drawn to it, but I didn't – there was something that definitely – piqued my interest mm-hmm. and I wanted to help people. I always wanted to help people. Yeah, and that's what I'll tell you the the one characteristic I have noticed in the nurses I've known, not just from a patient nurse relationship, but I've, you know, had nurses in my life as neighbors and friends. The one characteristic they do share is that they are they always seem to be in control or nothing seems to rattle them. I had one one neighbor in New England when I lived there and she's a great a great uh, person. She had a, a houseload of kids, and she ne- never seemed to rattle her. And there were a lot of kids running around. And I've known other nurses, and they and they have this um, calmness uh, about them, or this this sense that they can handle this situation. So my question is: Are nurses born, or are they made? Well, I think a little bit of both, but I definitely think you can tell the difference when someone doesn't have it in them. When there is a not the same level of passionate or compassion to taking care of other people Um, because nursing is a great opportunity to have a career um, for a man or a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, And just to go back, you asked if I ever considered med school, Mm -hmm. and I definitely did. I thought it was part of my track, and I went nursing because I wanted to be able to take care of myself because financially you can be very successful. And when I was accepted into the University of Pennsylvania, coming from Philadelphia, I said, I I have to go do this. And I figured I'll get my master's. I can become a nurse practitioner. I can always go back. But I kept finding my pathway Mm -hmm. through nursing. And it's where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You you rarely run into someone who's doing something like that, nursing, who sort of stumbled into it or – you know, gee, I'd rather be a, a painter or something. They, they seem right. to be where they're supposed to be. Um, tell me about those early days when you're first exposed, not so much to the teaching part of it, but, you know, when you're in the trenches. What were the, what were some of the things that either surprised you or you, you didn't quite expect about nursing early on in your career? Early on, I think that I had a very good education. And one of the first things I remember, my very first class before clinicals, they made us be the patients. The students were the patients. And we actually had to be geriatric patients to begin with. We had to um, put glasses on that had tape over it so your vision was compromised. We had to put cotton balls in our ears so your hearing was compromised. And we had to take care of each other and experience being a patient. That was priceless for my career. Were you not? I mean, that would not be something I would think about. I would, I would think that they would train you to handle situations and not necessarily understand what the other end of the process is about. But that's not the case, right? No, and I think that every program should have that as their focus. And I don't know that they do, but that's a difference. That for me, as an eighteen, nineteen-year-old learning that the first patient I took care of, I was different because of it. I was different. I had an understanding that. What they feel is maybe you can't see it, but it is a compromise, and they need your help. They're there because they need your help. Yeah. Do you remember that first patient or the first couple of patients? Oh, yeah. I remember a lot of patients. Um, I do. I Was there ever a sense, sense where 
you're in that setting, there's the patient, you're the nurse, where at the early part of your career you go, you look around and go, hey, I'm I got to take care of this person. Yeah, you're scared to death. Right? You're scared to death because you're looking at all these big words, all these medications, and it's being drilled into you. Don't make a mistake because your mistake could cost someone's life. And to have that on you, you have to be inspired and you have to be committed to do a good job. And and nurse, with regard to the totality of um, a, um, a person's medical care, they they're in con- the patient is in contact with the nurse far more than they are with anybody else in the process, right? That's true. It is true. Um, so so th- so naturally, there's a great, greater opportunity to you know do things the wrong way. So you got a, a lot you, you you've you've got to worry about. What in your early training prepared you for? the different kind of people you were going to run into. I know you, you talked about they showed you what it feels like to be, you know, have your vision impaired or anything. But what about personality types? Because, as you know, everybody's different, right? Yeah. I don't think they really could ever have enough classes to go over that. Um, I think that one thing that I learned early on is that you didn't just have a patient. You also had their families. And I think focusing on both equally is what is the most important job for a nurse. Yeah, were you ready for that? I mean, I mean that would that would occur to I me was. to be yeah. I was. That's how I knew that's where I was supposed to be. Um, I looked at families and I knew immediately that they needed a comforting word or a glass of water or someone to recognize that they're in the room and they're also scared to death mm-hmm. and just have an outlet to be able to talk. Yeah, and, um, the, and the family's in that position of the – they're the ones that want answers, right? Yes. The patient wants yes. to get better. Yes. And and they're concentrating on that. Yep. And the, the family wants to know, you know, answers, right? Yeah, they want answers, and they want definitive answers. And they want to know that the doctor's coming around. They want to know when they're coming or going. They want to know medications. And um, it's very intimidating, but I think there's an art to nursing that is – revolves around good communication. Yeah, that's, a, that's a perfect way to put it because, yeah, there's a lot of science and obviously a lot of uh, specific you know, knowledge that you need, but it, it's really more of, well, I wouldn't say more art than science, but the art of nursing is important. How closely does a nurse in general work with the physician? Very close, very close. Um, they are the heart of healthcare, as they say. They are the people that when the physician doesn't want to go back in the room or makes changes, the nurse has to verbalize all of it. So they are communicating continuously with the physician, continuously with the families, continuously with the patient, and every discipline involved with the case. We're going to to get a little bit later sort of the the nuts and bolts of nursing. I mean, the hours are probably long. Um, The emotional toll must be very difficult. Um, so it's been over 20 years now that you've been in this field. Um, you obviously are happy that you've made this choice. What has struck, struck you as most unexpected about this career for you? Um, probably death in general, mm-hmm. of watching it, watching it when it's expected. That's not something you think about when you're going into the profession, no. is it? No. You're supposed to be keeping people alive. Right. And that's not right. always going to be the case. No. And no matter what part of nursing or medicine you're involved in, death is a possibility. Mm. And to think that you could go and have a shift that you're working, a 12-hour shift, and have something that horrible happen, whether it was expected or not, right. then you have to go home and 
if you're lucky enough to have significant others and family and and have to be able to integrate back into a place where they have no idea what you just experienced. Sure, sure. And we'll end on this note here and take our first break. But it seems obvious that if you're not ready to deal with death as a nurse or a physician, certainly uh, you're in the wrong profession, right? Yeah, yeah. There's definitely parts that you can do maybe insurance reviews or something that's not clinical-based. Mm-hmm. But you have to do some clinical at some point to get to wherever you want to be. So um, you will experience it. Yeah. In, in National uh, Nurses Week, uh, concluding um, this uh, tomorrow, as a matter of fact, with, as I said, the birth of Florence Nightingale, who is synonymous with this profession. And we're, we're talking about nursing and everything that's involved in that with Melissa Callahan. Stay with us. This is Recovery Radio. Welcome back to Recovery Radio. Steve Martorano is my name. Our guest uh, on this program, Melissa Callahan, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Melissa has been uh, a, a nurse for over 20 years. She is the director of nursing for Retreat Behavioral Health. It's a big job, a lot of responsibility, so we're grateful for her time here uh, on this, uh, the tail end of National Nurses Week, when we take a look at the, the critical role that nurses play in our um, nation's well-being and, and healthcare system. I think there's, what, 4 million registered nurses working today. Uh, that's not nearly enough, and no. uh, we'll talk a little bit about some of the shortages that are facing the profession straight ahead. But, uh, Melissa, I think... One of the misconceptions a lot of people have about nursing is that a nurse is a nurse is a nurse, and that's that's not the case. Tell us about the different types of nursing. Okay, so uh, nursing has evolved over the years. Um, You have a couple different levels. You have an LPN, who's a licensed practical nurse, who um, can have their associate's degree. You have registered nurse that can have associate's degree or bachelor's degree. And then you have advanced practice nurses who tend mostly to be nurse practitioners in every specialty that there is. There's pediatrics, adult, geriatric. And then you can also do levels like hospital level, cancer-specific, cardiac-specific. So there are a lot of opportunities for nurses to have different levels. And I am super proactive that every nurse should keep going back and getting as much education as possible. Because if you stepped into this field and you feel like you fit, you should go to the highest level that you can be so that we are out there touching as many lives as possible in as many settings as possible. Yeah. Um, I should have asked this earlier. I'll ask it now. At what point in the training of a nurse do they have to make those decisions of what area they want to practice in? Well, generally, if you're doing your LPN or RN, you can come out and work wherever you can get hired, essentially. Once you get into a setting, you can then do certifications to be certified in that area. So in behavioral health, there are um, addiction specialty that you can um, sit for the certification if you're an RN. Um, LPNs don't sit for certifications, but that's why I encourage them. Go back to school, get well, your RN. Explain what you mean by sit for certification. What is so that? if there is a specialty in medicine, you will take so many continuing education credits. Uh, you can go to some conferences, and then you will qualify to be able to sit for the certification, and you get to add additional initials behind your name, essentially. But you become an expert in your field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that can occur at any point along the way when you decide yep. where yes. you want to go. The, the, you have how many nurses um, that report to you in your in your role as the director of nursing? In Pennsylvania, about forty. In Florida, about thirty. Really? Yes. That's a that's a big that's a crew. Mm-hmm. Are they all women? Yep. No, I have a mix of some males in there as well. Mm-hmm. I have a really good mix of LPNs and RNs. 
LPNs used to be very prominent in the hospital setting. And uh, over the years, they're changing the minimum level that they would like to have. So they LPNs have really moved into like um, primary care office practices and a lot of residential treatment and behavioral health settings. Historically, was this field always initially thought of as a female um, career path? Yes, I believe absolutely. And that that had to do for, with a lot of ideas about maternal instincts and and caring for all. men would be the doctors and women would be would be the nurses. Correct. You've seen that change dramatically, absolutely. right? Right. Absolutely, and I think the balance is great. I think the opportunities for males in nursing is. Unbelievable! Some female nurses may get angry because we notice in a lot of settings that males will be offered a higher rate for the same exact position. That has happened. It has happened well, over this evolution. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's a problem that's everywhere, right? Yes. Right? Yes. What, what do men bring to this profession that you, you find valuable? I think that, um, not to be simplistic, but it definitely is helpful if you're in an environment of patients that may be heavier for mm-hmm. women to move or manipulate um, patients who may become aggressive or need physical um, support. I think that's definitely important. But I also think it's a good balance to have multiple personalities. And males and females definitely have different personalities. Mm-hmm. So I think that you could find a good balance. You, you mentioned there when talking about specialties that nurses would get involved in, the nurse practitioner. Yes. Uh, more and more people return from their visits to their uh, to their uh, primary care physician, and and my wife did this just recently, and she said no, she didn't see the doctor, she saw the nurse practitioner, yeah. which I didn't think about, but I asked her, well, wait a minute, you didn't see the doctor, you, you went to the doctor. Nobody says I'm going to the nurse practitioner, right. say I'm going to the doctor. So tell me about a nurse practitioner. A nurse practitioner is advanced practice. They have a minimum of master's degree. They receive excellent education to provide, depending on their specialty primary care or acute care for all medicine. Um, And 20 years ago when I started, there were not nearly as many nurse practitioners as there are today. I had to explain with almost every visit what I was and the differences. Where's the doctor? And we have actually (laughs) progressed so far that nurse practitioners are almost independent, independent in practice. They're governed by the Board of Medicine and the Board of Nursing. So they have regulations that are pretty advanced. Yeah. Well, can they prescribe medicine? Uh, yes. Uh, yep. uh, drugs as well? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So what, what, what distinguishes them from a doctor? Well, the doctor program is a different program from what the nurse practitioner program was. The way I look at it is that a nurse practitioner treats the whole person. When you're a nurse first, you learn a level of bedside manner and communication with patients and families. Then you go back and get advanced education to learn the medicine. When you become a doctor, you learn the medicine. The patients and the people are just the side to that education focus. And that might explain the kind of, uh, I don't want to use the word aloofness, but or dis, not distance that a doctor seems to have to a patient that a nurse doesn't have. A nurse is much more, much closer to the patient in that sense than a doctor would be, right? And I, and I think that's how I originally looked at it. Of course, individually, there are plenty of doctors. It's personality-based mm-hmm. on how much you're going to become attached to a patient or a family. But nursing practice is take care of the whole person and everything around them. And the disease management is almost secondary. And I think that is the difference. Whereas a, a doctor is primary is that medical. That medical piece is what 
they're determined to figure out, take care of, or manage. They're treating the disease. Yes, and not the person. Not and that's person. always been my distinguishing definition from a nurse practitioner to a doctor. Yeah, that would, that, that would explain a lot of the attitudes that exist about people towards both those professions. Mm-hmm. Melissa Callahan is our guest. She's the director of nursing for Be, uh, Retreat Behavioral Health. We're talking about nurses. It's National Nurses Week. Stay with us. We have more of Recovery Radio straight ahead. Welcome back to Recovery Radio. It's National Nurses Week, and that's what we're taking a look at, the role nurses play. It's a critical and big one. It's National Nurses Week, as I said, and uh, to that end, we have Melissa Callahan with us. Melissa's Director of Nursing for Retreat Behavioral Health. More with her in just a second, but I remind you each and every week at this time, here's the deal. Uh, Retreat Behavioral Health, you can check them out yourself. You don't have to ever take my word for this. Their reputation is um, exemplary. They are leaders in this field of behavioral health. But they sponsor this program as an informational tool and an educational tool. And so I give you the phone number for any questions or comments you have about anything that involves behavioral health from the mental health, uh, pure mental health aspect or to the substance abuse uh, issues. Somebody, Somebody will answer your questions. They will answer questions for you or help you find answers for that anyway. And again, we give you the phone number and we say this and we mean it sincerely every week. We hope you never have to use this phone number. 855-859-8808. I said, I hope you never have to use it. But nobody sees this stuff coming and they're rarely prepared for it. Here's a phone number you can call and I have total confidence that you'll get some help. Retreat Behavioral Health, 855-859-8808. Melissa Callahan is their director of nursing, um, and she is here to talk to us about what they uh, what they do. Melissa, let's let's talk about the process. I mean, the real the nuts and bolts of this thing. I'm going to begin sort of in the middle here because you said something during the break that we should get to right away. Um, diagnosis has no role in nursing. Nurses are not able by themselves to diagnose a patient, but they are the ones who are assessing, observing, and reporting every little nuance presentation that they're seeing, and then it's the provider or the doctor who's actually creating the diagnosis or attaching the diagnosis to them. So how would that work in a nurse practitioner situation? I would come in, I'd see you, I'd tell you what's what's bothering me. You'd take down a lot of information, ask me a whole range of questions that I'm sure if we were a physician, they'd be the same questions. What you don't do at the end of that is say, well, you've got no, that's and we're going to treat nurse this. Nurse practitioners can, but nurses cannot. Okay. That's the difference. So a uh, perfect example. Um, I have nurses, and I just spoke with them this morning. A nurse would document patients having a seizure. A nurse cannot definitively say it was a seizure, but she would describe patient found on floor shaking, not responsive, tremoring, all the symptoms of what they're looking at. And if you looked it up, the probability is it is a seizure. But there are other things that could be included in the differential diagnosis, and nurses are not licensed to be able to diagnose. Uh, that's the, the process you just described is, is what's referred to in the process of nursing as the assessment. Yes. Um, and it just occurs to me now that in almost all cases, not all cases, but many, many cases, the nurse is the first person to see the patient, right? Correct. And and assessment is the most important um, skill a nurse can develop. And experience creates you to be an absolute expert. Um, a nurse 
is taught or should be taught to become an expert, to walk into any situation and be able to scan the entire situation. Whether it's a hospital room, you should be able to see what's on the floor, what's blocking a door, what's in the bathroom, who's on the bed, what every single thing. You should take it all in in a first scan. And just looking and talking to a patient, a nurse should be able to see even the little bit littlest changes possible yeah that's well, a very it's sort of a forensic kind of approach to it, it. it's like a it's like approaching a crime scene when you're pulling together as much just pure data as you can well so then the uh, I know you uh, part of the process also involves outcomes and planning I want to get to that in just one second have, have you had occasions and you must have over your careers where you would do the assessment report to the physician here's here is what I, I found or are you ever asked what do you think? Or absolutely, yeah. absolutely. As you, be, I mean, you develop relationships with the people that you work with, and whether it's a coworker, nurse, or a physician, or a specialist, the nurses really dictate what they're seeing, and there's huge consultation between them. Of course, there's times when, you know, in my early practice, a doctor would say, you know, I'm the doctor. I will figure out if this is what's really happening. But I think we've evolved so much over time. As a nurse practitioner, I was very quickly able to gain respect of my coworkers, whether they were physicians or other, um, they call them nurse um, physician extenders, nurse practitioners or mm -hmm. physician assistants. And I don't always want to be right and I don't want to be by myself. I want to always be able to consult with somebody and see what did you think of this? What did you think of that? And I think that's part of medicine. Yeah, that collaboration is critical. Um, it's changed even in the relatively short time you've been doing it. It wasn't always the case no. that that there was always this patriarchal yes. setup. You just you know I'm the I'm the I'm in charge here. I'll figure it out. So doctors will listen to you. Have you ever had the occasion where you had where you found yourself at logger's head with a doctor? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I've had I've had multiple occasions where you have someone just screaming at you, a physician screaming at you. You don't know what you're talking about. And one of the biggest parts of being a nurse is that you are a patient advocate, and you have to be able to advocate for the patient. And sometimes it's at the cost of being humiliated or not spoken to so nicely, but. Every time I've been in the situation where I had to do that, I've received an apology after. Yeah. And I've received thanks that something was caught that maybe wouldn't have been caught if I didn't speak up. Yeah. Uh, well, this is a profession that, as we, we mentioned, has been overwhelmingly female. So it shouldn't have taken the physician class a very long time to figure out, well, i got to work with these women. I mean, there's, you know, we're, not in, we're, we're, we're collaborators in, in, this, uh, in this thing. Who breaks the tie in a situation like that, though? The physician. Yep. If the physician says no, and, you know, sometimes I've known nurses who go above that physician to their boss. and So, so that, you know, that happens as case. well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, you know, being an advocate for your patient and being supportive of the decisions are very important. But at the end of the day, if a doctor writes an order wrong and the nurse knows it's wrong and gives it to the patient knowing it's wrong, they're just as liable sure. in a medical legal case. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's an interesting dynamic uh, there because uh, as I hear you describe the process that the nurses uh, need to go through in assessing and then, you know, um, figuring out what, what how to proceed, uh, obviously you have to be a strong personality. You have to believe in your judgment. Um, on the other hand, you, you have to be able to 
tamp that down if you run into an equally big uh, uh, ego. How thick does a nurse's skin have to be? Oh, unbelievable. Leather. It's impenetrable is the only way really to survive because you hear a lot of burnout. I mean, how many times can you be yelled at or, you know, be questioned? And it's stressful. It's very stressful. But if you can build that positive communication, because you have to understand at the other side, the physician also has so many things on their plate and they are trying to make decisions to keep people alive. At the end of the day, you have to come together and know you're working together to keep people alive. Mm. We said there are 4 million uh, registered nurses in the United States. How many physicians are there? Are there? I don't know. Unfortunately, I think that there is a shortage in both departments. I think medical schools and nursing schools have been experiencing shortages. What, what would account for that, do you think? Well, I like I say all the time, it's really difficult to put a financial value on saving lives mm-hmm. or experiencing death as your daily routine. Yeah, it's a calling, and you've got to hope that there are people in the pipeline because you're right. Nobody wakes up and goes – well, let's see. Do I want to be a bricklayer uh, right. or, or a nurse or a doctor? They don't do that. These are special people. They are. I mean, they're special in the sense that they would be attracted to something like this. Let's continue with the process for just a little bit. So after, the, you know, the assessment is done and the doctor makes a diagnosis, the nurses are intimately involved in uh, the uh, planning uh, and setting kind of realistic outcomes, right? Yes, yes. So they they pretty much plan – how to successfully move the patient through the process. Um, There's what's called nursing care plans, and they're as simple as how do we get this patient who's not walking today to be walking in the next 10 to 14 days? Like this is, they set up outcomes and goals, and every single day, every single shift, 24 hours a day, to get the patient to that outcome. To the place that the the physician and the nurse have agreed we need to move this person to along this line. with regard to that, the, I guess the maybe the final piece of the process of nursing is the well, how well are we doing the the evaluation. Doctors are not there as often as nurses are. Right. That evaluation is probably overwhelmingly the job of the nurse. Right? It is. It is, and the nurse has to continually bring up every little obstacle that has come in the way, things that are working, things that are not working, and if they're not good communicators and are not in tune to their patients with their assessment skills, they're going to miss the mark. And they're going to give doctors bad information. Correct. And the patient's going to be the sufferer from from all of this. So you've had the occasion many, many times to come to a doctor and say, I know where we wanted to be, but we're not there. Right. Yeah. Do you, right. Are you also then in the position, is a nurse in the position at that point to say, Here's what we should do. Or Here's a the- suggestion. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think most physicians out they know. You just spent 12 hours. I just went in the room for eight minutes. A good doctor would not disregard that. No. They're going to listen and they're going to hear because they need the nurse to be to trust them so that they can actually execute what they want them to. So that relationship is priceless. I think for a nurse, one of the most important things is that they keep in mind that they know what they don't know. They know something's not right. I need to communicate it instead of just, well, I don't know. It doesn't seem right, but, you know, someone else will figure it out. They have to know what they don't know and they have to communicate. Yeah. Almost nothing can survive a situation where someone doesn't know what they don't know. (laughs) 
Correct. Uh, and has, I mean, that's a deadly. Uh, and then you also have the one who who thinks they know everything uh, and doesn't know what they don't know. So it's a, it can be a very dangerous proposition. Um, we're going to take another break here now, but I want you to think about this. When we come back, we can talk about it. Given all that, um, w- where are we today? Are, are nurses as under, uh, understood as well as they ought to be by, every, by, by all the rest of us? Are they getting the kind of respect they need? Think of those things, and we'll touch upon them as we conclude uh, our program and our little salute to nursing on this National Nurses Week. Recovery Radio, we'll be right back. We're back. Recovery Radio. I uh, hope you're finding us. We're all over the place, wherever better podcasts can be found. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play. Uh, look for us, Recovery Radio. Um, type in my name. That may help because there's probably more than one of us. Uh, Steve Martirano. And uh, we're, we're real grateful for our guest today, uh, Melissa Callahan, Director of Nursing for Retreat Behavioral Health. As uh, we mentioned at the beginning of the program, it is National uh, Nurses Week, first week in May every year. It's been going on, I think, for over 50 or 60 years now. Um, and uh, we said about this time to, you know, uh, appreciate what nurses mean to the entire healthcare system. So, before we took the break, Melissa, I said, given everything you've told us about this job, um, do, do you think where where are we with regard to nursing? I know we're there's a shortage. We need to get more people involved in nursing. Uh, are nurses are nurses finally getting the kind of respect they, they deserve? I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm smirking. Go ahead. Um, Maybe it'll never be good enough. Um, We cannot end Nurses Week without at least talking about the recent political charges, you know, nurses playing cards. It there's always been a question everywhere I've ever worked my entire life. Well, what are the nurses doing? Well, they don't look so busy. They're just sitting in the nurse's station. Nurses just eat the whole time. (laughs) Nurses love food. You bring food, they'll give you anything you want. Right. I think that a little bit of that will always be there. What makes me feel happiest is recently with all the talks, whether it's the house bill of nursing shortage and demanding certain numbers, so many people have reached out to social media to really only speak of their good experiences. I can look almost anywhere and type pretty much like deck of cards and you're going to see hundreds of positive nursing stories Families who feel so compelled to take that comparison or that analysis of what nurses are doing in a 12-hour shift and said, well, this is what they did for me. And I think that was the best thing that I've ever seen. I've never seen such an outpouring of positive experiences from nursing. Um, When you have a bad experience with a nurse, you have to remember, what are they carrying with them? Because when other people have bad stuff going on and they go to work, Sometimes they can just lay it on the table. They can vent. They can hand it over to someone else. A nurse can't. They always have to be giving. They always have to be listening. They have to be good listeners. They have to be supporters. They have to be empathetic. What if they are dealing with horrible things at home? I think that we have to stop and think about that. Um, I think most nurses attempt to come in and not just clock in and out in a regular job. I think that they are dedicated to what they're doing. Um, They have to smile and serve. 
every second they're in their uniform and they're at work. Yeah, at the very least, if they can't smile, they still have to serve. <laughs> they yes, still, they have to serve people. Still have, still have to serve. Well, you know what? I mean, uh, this has been an eye-opener. I mean, uh, most people, as I said, have this image that's either uh, saintly, um, you know, Hollywood's given us loads of those saintly uh, angels of mercy, uh, or the crazy nurse. Or nurse, yes. the, the archetype is Nurse Ratchet from the Cuckoo's Nest. Yes. This crazy, overbearing, uh, 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 you know, uh, all powerful yes. freak. Um, yes. <laughs> and there's no, and because nurses are easy targets. I mean, they have the most, um, they have the, the most intimate relationship right. with the patient. Right. So they're they're and they're the ones that wake you up for the pills, right? Yes. Yes. Yep. They wake you up. And they're responsible if the pillow's not right, yes. or if the bed's uncomfortable. Everything. <laughs> right. Everything. Everything. Environmental, the food, everything that's a problem. So when you manage your your staff, and it's a big staff, how much of your time is spent with, with sitting folks down when you see they're, they're stressed or they're on, they're on the edge uh, of having to do their, their job but put up with all of this stuff? Do you have those conversations a lot? I wish I had it a lot more, honestly. You want them to, you want them to come to you, right? Oh, absolutely. And I am spread very thin. And it's, it is, um, I have nursing management under me who I hope they can be utilized for that. There's definitely not enough. There's not enough time to allow them to vent and have that one-on-one conversation. I try to do nurses meetings every month, but Mm -hmm. you're in the whole group and they're working 12-hour shifts. They have families. Their responsibilities are endless. The so, list is endless. Yeah, it's also antithetical to their to their training and instinct to complain about what's wrong with them. After right. all, I have all these people I have to take right. care of, right? Right. Which is, which is understandable but not, not really good. Right. Uh, finally, if there's somebody out there that's considering a nursing career, what would you tell them? Go for it. It is an unbelievable career path. No matter what your personality is or what your interest is, you will find something to attach to. And there's endless amounts. If you don't want to be with people all the time and and uh, take care of people, then, you know, I joke, you can become a nurse anesthetist, which is an amazing <laughs> opportunity. There's just so many opportunities. I'm a radio anesthetist. I <laughs> put people to sleep every time. Uh, no, that, you know, that's a, that's a real interesting. I mean, if... As we said at the beginning here, they, there's, it's a combination of uh, people born to this uh, calling and people who can be trained up to it. So if you have that thought in your mind, I can tell you from my experience with, as I said, friends I've had over the years who are in nursing and certainly uh, Melissa, there is a light about it. They, they, they may complain and moan and there's a lot of work, but there is a light about it. And you know that these people are, are if they're doing their job, they're really dedicated. So we appreciate your time. And again, congratulations on your work, and, uh, and uh, we salute you on National Nurses Week. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you as well at home uh, or wherever you're listening. Thanks. Thanks for being around. Recovery Radio, we'll look for us next time. Bye-bye. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.